It's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. So let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. In your Bibles, if you will, turn to the book of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to get back to the book of Proverbs, I guarantee you. I've just got to get through this. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want you to see a couple of things here. Second Corinthians 4 verse 3. Paul is writing to us. He says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Everybody say that are lost. In whom the God of this world, now notice that phrase. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now let me show you that again. Now notice what it says in verse 4. In whom the God of this world. Everybody say the God of this world. Now, this is an amazing phenomenon that there is a, quote, God of this world. That word world is the word, that word, world is the word cosmos. It's not re, it does not refer to the planet as a, as a whole because the Bible literally says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But now, at a, at a particular point in time, God created man. Genesis chapter 1, verse 23. Excuse me, verse 26. And, and, and he created man in his likeness and his image. And the Bible says of, of God and of man and their interaction together that God spoke to man and said, take dominion. Everybody say dominion. Actually, God said it like this, have dominion. And in that command, God gave Adam the preeminence over the cosmos or over the system of this world. Now, the problem that we have today is Adam's family no longer has it. They gave it away through the act of high treason to the enemy of God who is a fallen angel named Lucifer. We call him Satan. We call him the devil. You know, I've heard all kinds of, uh, of terminology for him. But literally, Satan took the place in which Adam right, rightfully possessed. Now let me say that again. Satan took the place in which Adam rightfully possessed. Now, the Word of God calls him what? The God of this world, the God of this cosmos, the God of this system. That's why the system's so messed up. I mean, you'd have thought by now, you know, after hundreds of years, thousands of years of negotiation and peace treaties and, 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 and information and people getting together and trying to talk, that everybody would be happy. Nobody would want to kill anyone, Amen. But, you know, people still want to kill each other. Still, people still want to fight over everything from religion uh, to borders uh, to ethnic realities and all these other kinds. People are still mad at each other, messed up. Amen. That's because the person that sits at the head of it's messed up. But I got good news. He's defeated. But now it says of the lost, they're blinded by him. At one time, all of us were blinded. But the difference between you and someone else is when the glorious light of the gospel came, you responded to the light. Amen. 
I, what is that? Somebody was saying one time, you know, uh, when you die, move toward the light. That's a pretty good idea. I'd move toward the light. I wouldn't go toward any darkness, amen. I don't like dark. I, if I have dark over here and light over here, I'd rather go toward the light, amen. But now notice the scripture again. It says, in whom the God of this world hath, past tense, blinded the minds. Everybody say the minds. Of them which believe not. So we can flip this scripture around and, and what I call we can embrace the reciprocal of this truth, which means if you believe, you're not blinded. Oh, I'm glad you're so happy about that. If you believe, if you believe, your eyes are not open. Now, this is an amazing phenomenon. The Bible says over in Genesis chapter 3, when the woman ate of the fruit, Oh, and the man ate of the fruit, the Bible says, the eyes of them both were open. Now, we know that that was a physical opening of their eyes. That they begin to see naturally instead of spiritually. I like to say it like this. The, the, the man and the woman, their physical eyes opened, their spiritual eyes closed. Let me say that again. Their spiritual eyes opened, their, excuse me, their spiritual eyes closed, their physical eyes opened. But now, the day you got born again, your spiritual eyes opened. Now, your physical eyes remain open. There's the conflict in your mind. There's the conflict in your mind. Amen. Now, with that in mind, go over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The Apostle Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth and the church at Galveston. Amen. He, he says in verse 4, My speech... And my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration. Now notice this. In demonstration of the Spirit, capital S, and of power. Whew, glory to God. Now notice that again. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Obviously, because there's other references the Apostle Paul makes to himself where obviously his command of pulpit etiquette was not very good. It means he wasn't a great speaker. You know, there are some people that are just tremendous speakers. I mean, they can just get up and just, I mean, uh, Teal Osborne was one of my favorites. I, I mean, I listened to, uh, to Brother Hagin's teaching a lot, but I, as far as a, a, a pulpit manner and the ability to just deliver them, I'm telling you, if you ever heard Teal Osborne preach, if you ever sat in his meeting for an hour, it was like being in spiritual therapy. I never was in, a, in one of his meetings where I didn't get up and just kind of walk out like, oh, my God. He just had such a way of taking words and painting this picture of Jesus that just blew your mind. But Paul obviously had something else working for him. <laughs> Amen. I said Paul obviously had something else working for him. He had what? A demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Now let me say that again. A demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Now let me say something, church. In order to live this life and get through in life, we got to have some power and we got to have some demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. There's got to be some demonstrations of the Spirit of God or of the Holy Ghost or we're just dead religion. Amen. Now, I'm amazed how so many churches... Now, I'm not speaking of churches that never had it. Amen. I mean, if you've never had it, then it's strange to you. It's new to you. you I mean, you don't, you don't know what it is even if you see it. 
But I'm talking about churches that I used to remember that used to really have a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. They don't have it anymore. And it's not that they lost it. They don't even want it. They don't feel it's socially acceptable. Uh, they don't feel it's dignified. I've always said the most dignified act that ever took place on the earth took place on Golgotha when Jesus spread His arms upon a cross and died for you and I. And this earth knows nothing about dignity because that's the most dignified thing that ever happened right there. And you'll find out dignity doesn't get you too much on this planet. Amen. But, they, you know, they, they, for some reason, there's some type of spiritual protocol that they want to maintain because they're afraid, you know, uh, of, uh, and I've heard the terminology before, they're afraid of wildfire. Well, I tell you, any type of fire is better than no fire. I said any type of fire is better than no fire. So a lot of churches have, pray, have traded no fire, amen. They've traded their, their fire for no fire. But thank God around here we like a little fire. We like a little demonstration. Now notice what it says, demonstration of the Spirit. Everybody say the Spirit. And of power. Everybody say power. Now notice what it says, that your faith, everybody say that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That means what you're believing God to produce is not going to be produced by some idea which a man has come up with. It's going to be produced supernaturally by the power of God because when you're in faith, you're believing for God to do something in your life. Oh, let me try that again. Because when you're in faith, you're believing for God to do something. That means when it's done and everybody sees it done and everybody knows it's done and you look around at it, you can say, now this is God. That's what glorifies God. I said, that's what glorifies God. So we live in a unique time. We live in literally a dispensation of faith. It is the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus, Jesus literally said that in Luke chapter 4 when he began to preach, when he began to minister under the power of God. And so he began to do some things that gave us some light. Help us to see how the demonstration of the Spirit and power works. Amen. Now we talked about some of that last Wednesday night. About how in Romans it says, Romans chapter 10. Uh, there it says that how God is rich. Everybody say God is rich. Well I'm telling you God is rich and wants to give us the riches of what He has and who He is. But now go if, go if you will over to, back to where we were last week. To Mark chapter 11. This is where we ended up last Wednesday night, but I wanted to give a little introduction to it because we're going to go back before we get over to speaking to the mountain and see what initiated that. Now go to, go to Mark chapter 11. And let's begin in verse 15 now. Now Jesus is, he's, he's, you know, he's hanging out with the disciples and he's, you know, he's, he's in Jerusalem and, and uh, he just went through the, through the temple and, and uh, you know, did all the, all the money changes to them. You know, he ran them all out of there. You know, he wasn't making everybody happy that was religious. And uh, uh, look at verse, well, go up to verse 12 first. This will help you. Verse 12 says, on the morrow, or, or the next day, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Everybody say, he was hungry. And he says, seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came happily if he might find not anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing. But leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. Jesus answered and said, now notice this. Jesus answered and said unto it. Now, now if you're taking notes or if you've got a Bible, and a pen, put a circle around that word it. 
Now, Jesus said unto it. Now, what is the it there? The it is the fig tree. Now, he says it unto the fig tree. Now, I've heard all kind of teaching on why he cursed the fig tree and, and how that was Israel. And, and I don't, we're, not, we're not, you know, at the end of the day, that doesn't mean anything to anybody. It's the spiritual principle that Jesus is walking in that means something to us. Amen. Now, notice, he said unto it. Now, notice, notice what he says. It's red letters in my Bible. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Now, notice, and his disciples heard it. So they were a witness to this, this event that took place. Jesus is walking, and he's, he's, you know, he sees a fig tree. Maybe it's, he had to turn to the right or turn to the left, and he sees it, and he goes over to it. Because many times when fig trees begin to, to, to put out leaf, they also put out fruit. So he goes to it, but obviously there was no fruit on this particular tree. So he stepped back to, from, the, from it, and he spoke to the tree. He said to it, he said, no man eat fruit of this tree from now forever. And then it made very uh, clear to us that the disciples heard him say it. So that's very easily to conclude. He said it out loud. He said it out loud. He just walked up to the tree and said, Nope, nobody eat fruit of this tree forever. Turned around and walked off. Now, verse 15. No, excuse me, verse uh, 20. He said, In the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Huh. Now that's just 24 hours. Now did you know that if you take a fig tree and jerk it up out of the ground and chop the, the taproot off and lay, lay it over against the fence, it ain't going to be dried up in 24 hours. Amen? How many, anybody mess with plants? Lee and I have messed with plants our whole Marriage, that, I mean, you can take a fig tree, yank it up out of the ground, stick it over in the yard, and in 24 hours, it'll still, now the leaves may be starting to fall, but it, it won't be dried up. So something supernatural happened to that fig tree. That was not a natural event. So when the tent, uh, where, where am I at here? Chapter 11, here we go. Uh, uh, and in the morning, when they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. Now, I like the way Jesus is presenting this. He didn't, listen, he could have said, Well, listen, guys, you know, I, I am who I am, you know, and I'm anointed and I have power. And not only do I have power, I got all the power. Because the Bible said he had the spirit without measure. And so, you know, us gods, when we play around, there's tricks that we do and things that we do. And, and they work for us, but that ain't going to work. So just kind of don't pay any attention to that. But remember, he was not walking around on the planet as a god. He was walking around the planet as a man, anointed by the Holy Ghost in correct relationship to his God. So, in doing that, he said, have faith in God. Correct Greek translation is, have the God kind of faith. So this, this is where we ended up last week. So then he gives us the scripture in verse 23. For verily I say unto you. Now this is his response to their questioning of what they heard him do the day prior and then saw. Everybody say heard and saw. Everybody say heard and saw. Right, heard and saw in your Bible. 
right? Heard and saw in your notes. You say, why? Because if you can learn to hear, then see, you're going to see a demonstration of the Spirit and power. Are you with me? You say, now it can't be that simple. I thought you had to fast and pray and intercede for years and go to four different Bible colleges and do that. No, you don't. No, you don't. Some of you tonight, you need a demonstration of the Holy Ghost and power in your life, in your finances, in your physical health. In areas of your life, you need a manifestation of the Holy Ghost and power to show up. There's things you cannot do for yourself, things you cannot obtain for yourself, things that you've got to have for yourself. There's things that doctors can't do for you, that lawyers can't do for you. You've got to have a demonstration of the Spirit and power. Amen? And see, this is one of the concepts I think that Christianity has really fallen down in transmitting into Christians. And that is this. They kind of leave what God's going to do on God's plate. And write it off if anything ever does really get done. It's really because somewhere in His sovereignty, He decided to do it. Now think about that for a minute. That's, that's very common thinking among Christianity. Well, you know, I I believe God can do anything. But really, specifically, what do you believe God can do through the power of His Spirit and the demonstration of His Word over His power? So Jesus is giving us an idea. Uh, He's giving us what? He's allowing the light. That's why the the world doesn't understand this. And the problem is we've got so many worldly Christians whose eyes are blinded. They were the label of Christianity, but in actually understanding principles of Christ. The way in which Jesus did things. Who we are to be what? Imitators of Him. So He says what? Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Therefore I say, excuse me, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever. Now if He have said, therefore I say unto you, that well any prophet or any apostle, or any pastor, or any teacher, or any evangelist, that's not what he said, or any real holy person, or any, or any really specially chosen person, you know, specially chosen, David, the king, Samuel, the prophet, Paul, the apostle, specially chosen. No, no, look what it says. That whosoever, who is whosoever? Who is whosoever? For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall what? Say. Now we said this last week. You will never get out of your current situation unless you're willing to say something. Now let me get over here on this side of the coin. (laughs) The reason you're in the current situation you're in is because you said something. Now, everybody agrees with that. Oh, yeah, I've been talking about my problem 20 years. Yeah, I tell you, everybody, everybody knows what's wrong with me. I'm telling you, everybody. Just, and no, everybody always agrees on the negative side, right? Come on, church. Everybody, oh, yeah, you know, they've been telling us about, we know how it is. Yeah, we live in Galveston. Yeah, you know, this and that. No, no, no. You got to get over on the other side and recognize God cannot move. There's going to be no demonstration of the Spirit and power. Until you say something. Amen. Amen. Now notice, notice, take it a little further. That whosoever shall say 
unto this mountain. Now you've got to define what this mountain is in your life. Amen? If arthritis is trying to get it hold in your body, you've got to start speaking to arthritis. If, 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 uh, if diabetes is trying to get a hold of your, uh, of your body, of your pan- I guess it affects the pancreas and the kidneys and all kinds of, you've got to start speaking to that diabetes. Amen? Uh, if 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 uh, a financial situation, if you're facing bankruptcy, you've got to speak to that bankruptcy. Or if you've got a mountain of debt, you're going to have to start saying something to that mountain of debt. Now Jesus is letting us in on a principle that works for God, knowing that one day God would reproduce Himself on the earth. Boy, you want to get in a fight. Woo! Glory to God. You want to get in a fight? I guarantee you there's people that will go crazy if you say this. But it actually says it in the book of Psalms, and Jesus also said the same things. He said, don't you know that you're God's? Now, you're not G-O-D. You're not deity. But if you study the little word God, it literally means the one that has dominion over its area. You're the one that has created your world. You're the one who has spoken to existence what you have. Either amen or oh me. You're the one that upholds and maintains your world by what you say. And if you're going to change your life, you're going to have to change your words. Let me try that again. If you're going to change your life, you're going to have to change your words. You talk doubt, you're going to have doubt. You talk unbelief, you're going to have unbelief. You talk a God that has no demonstration. You talk a God that has no power. You're going to have a God that has no demonstration. You're going to have a God that has no power. You talk fear, you're going to have fear. Amen? So if you'll begin to what? Now notice what it says. Shall say unto this mountain, what? Be thou removed and be thou cast. You give it its direction. All right, hold your, oh my goodness, where'd my time go? Go over to Samuel real quick. We'll look at this and we'll come back here next week. Real quick, go to Samuel 17. Now notice this. Same principle. Exact, exact same principle. Exact same principle. First Samuel, everybody knows the story. David and Goliath. 1 Samuel 17. Let me get there real quick. Now notice this. Here's David. I don't want to go through the whole story. Everybody knows the story. Goliath, all this kind of stuff. He wants to whip everybody. He wants to, you know, he wants to uh, uh, enslave Israel, kill Saul, you know, do all the bad things, just like the devil. He's just a type of the devil. Amen? Now notice. It says... Verse 41, go to verse 41. That's the best place to start right there for time's sake. It says, the Philistines, speaking of Goliath, came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And the Philistine looked about and saw David and disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and a fair countenance. Now here we go. Verse 43. And the Philistine said, your problem is, has a channel of communication into your life. Physically, pain. Financially, lack or debt. Mentally, depression, addiction, I don't know, whatever, whatever anything you put on that. Amen? 
but it communicates to you. How many agree with that? There is a communication that takes place between you and your problem. There is a communication that takes place between you and your problem. Let me just say it like this. Your giant will talk to you. I said, your giant will talk to you. Now notice, notice, notice what he's saying. Philistine said to David, come to me. And the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? That thou, am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I'll give, you the, I'll give thy flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. Now, you see the picture. Some, some theologian said he's 11 foot tall. The shortest I've ever heard him was 9 feet. So 9 to 11 feet. Big guy. Here's little David. And he's saying, you, you think I'm a dog? You sent the shepherd boy out here? Hey, shepherd boy, today I'm going to give your carcass to the fowls of the air. They're going to be picking your bones. Now let me ask you a question. Let me read one more, then I'll ask you the question. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. I will smite thee. I will take thy head from thee. I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistine this day unto the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, so all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. So did everybody hear what the giant said? Did everybody hear what David said? Now, in the natural, if you're viewing this, who do you believe? No, no, no. You believe Goliath. You believe Goliath. Goliath's bigger. Goliath's more experienced. He's got a sword. He's got a shield. This little guy has a sling and a rock. But they both had words. The both, now, the difference between the words were what? The words of Goliath were the words of Goliath. But the words of David were the words of God. Let me help you. The words of the doctor are the words of the doctor. But your words need to be the words of God. The words of the banker are the words of the banker. But your, need, your words need to be the words of God. The words of whatever the problem is are the words of what the problem is. But your words need to be the words of God. And those words may come from a giant. Medical industry is a giant. Financial industry is a giant. Psychiatric industry is a giant. The divorce industry is a giant. Come on, church. But the good news is you may just be little and ruddy. Amen. But the good news is, if you have the words of God, all you have to do is speak those words. I said, all you have to do is speak those words. For whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. You know, if, if, say, it's, say it's arthritis. You need to say, arthritis, you cannot live in my body. The Bible says... The Bible says, 1 Peter 2, 24, Himself bore our infirmities, bear our, uh, bear our uh, 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 iniquity upon the cross. By whose stripes we are healed. The law of the Spirit of life uh, uh, in Christ Jesus makes me free 
from the law of sin, sin and death, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. Now, arthritis, listen to me. Because I know you can hear. Because you've been listening to the doctors. Come on, church. So here's what you need to do. You need to get out of my body. You need to get out of my body. And you need to leave here in the name of Jesus. You say, do I need to specifically tell them where to go? I don't know. Do you? If you got enough faith, you do. Don't send them to your next door neighbor. That's not going to work. Amen. But there have been times where I've said, get out of here and go to the uninhabited places of the earth. Go to the dry places of the earth. Go to the places where there's no... In the name of Jesus, get out of me. In the name of Jesus, get out of my bank account. In the name of Jesus, get out of my mind. Come on, church. Because if you do not actively participate with the covenant, there's no demonstration of the Spirit and power. And I think what we've done over the years, because of our exposure to so many different moves of God and waves of God that were basically waves of mercy. You say, what do you mean by that? I listened to a lot of the teaching and preaching of the, of the uh, uh, Voice of Healing movement, and I'm telling you, we teach our Sunday school kids more revelation than that. You say, what do you mean by that? We've never lived in a generation where there's been more revelation flowing it flows from pulpits. It flows over the internet. It flows on the television, on the radio. It's in books. It's all over the place. And what does God do when revelation flows? He makes us responsible for it. Where we sit back sometimes kind of lazy thinking, well, Lord, you know, I'm busy and i got a lot to do. So I'm really trusting you're going to send somebody here that can lay hands on me and get me rid of my problem. Well, that would be really nice if God would do that. But the problem is you've been getting teaching on the Word of God, teaching on the Word of God. And let me close with this because this will really help you. The lifestyle of living like this constantly injects your life with the life of God. Instead of living in the death that is given off by the world and the world system on a daily basis, every day you're, you're worshiping God. Every day you're speaking the Word over your life. Every day you're speaking against the situation. Every day you're rejoicing in God. Every day you know, you know that the power of the Holy Ghost and the ability and power of the Word of God is working in your life. We used to sing an old song, The Word is working mightily in me. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what I hear or see, the Word is working mightily in me you know that's going on you know that's happening amen so you pick up the lifestyle of it and every day you live in light and in life instead of living in in darkness and in death and just every once in a while you step out of darkness and death and try to get something from God no God wants your life enhanced every day blessed every day but you're going to have to begin to say and speak to the issues of your life so that you can begin to see a manifestation of the Holy Ghost and power. Amen? Lift your hands and worship the Lord. Father, we worship you tonight. Thank you for your word. Oh, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that the anointing of your Spirit working in the hearts of men and women, even tonight, is causing them to rise up in the revelation of the Word of God. For if they will just hear and see what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in this day and this hour that every believer has the right, the privilege, and the responsibility to speak to their situation the Word of God and to expect that Word to produce the manifestation in which they desire. 
Father, we thank you for that. Lord, we rejoice in it. We call it ours in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. We worship you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now say out loud, Heavenly Father, I will, I will speak your word and not back off. I will allow your word to change my mind, to change my heart, and to change my circumstances. I will not sit idly by and allow my, allow my life to be eaten away by the world, my own flesh, or the devil. But I will partake of the life of God and the light of God. I will drink deeply of the well of salvation and allow the living waters, the living waters, the living waters of God's Word to abide in me. I say to my circumstance, you're changing, you're changing, you're leaving, you're going, you're getting out of my life. Sickness, disease, infirmity, injury. You've got no place in me. Go in Jesus' name. Lack, debt, doing without. I'm no longer living in poverty. For the Lord is my source, and He touches my resource. That blessings, blessings will come unto me in a way I've never imagined. In my mind, I'm not depressed. The joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Devil, ha, ha, ha. Sickness and disease, ha, ha, ha. You're not dominating me. I'm dominating you. You're not intimidating me. I'm intimidating you. You're not chasing me. I'm running you off. I'm running you off in the name of Jesus. Now lift your hands and thank you. Come on, stand on your feet and thank Him tonight. Come on, open your mouth and thank Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, glory. You encouraged tonight? Thank you, Father, for your word. Lord, we thank you for the strength of your word. For through your word, there are demonstrations of the Holy Ghost and power. Thank you tonight as we leave that your great protection upon our life is still maintained day by day by our confession of faith and our prayer of faith after every service to release your ability to watch over that word and perform it. So we declare no evil befalls us. We declare no plague comes near our dwelling place. We declare angels have charge over us. Therefore, as we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, or railways, we declare ourselves protected, blessed, and kept by Almighty God. Lord, as we do handle the resource you've given us, no matter how hazardous of a job it may be, 
or how benign it may seem, we thank you that we are not subject to trauma, to terror, to accidents, to evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. But we abide under the shadow of the Most High, safe and protected by the goodness and grace of a loving, merciful God. Lord, we thank you for the door of utterance as we leave this place tonight. Let us go forth from here knowing that we are an answer to people's prayer, that we are a problem to the adversary, that we can be a miracle in someone else's life. Let us ever be aware of our responsibility to be ministers of reconciliation. Let the fire of evangelism burn in us. Fathers, we leave tonight. We walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Don't forget to sign. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.